Storyside, are you glad to be in God's presence today? Are you glad to be in church? I want to welcome all those joining us online. We have so many people weekly. It seems like every week that the number grows with people that are joining us online, not just here in Ohio, but around uh, the world, um, across our nation, other countries. It is amazing what technology can do. I want to give a shout out to a few, a few of the names I've seen just in the last couple of minutes. We have the Chamberlains joining us online. Steve was texting me this week. We love you guys. Uh, Bella Jackson, good to see you online. Bella, uh, Jackie and Michael Maxey, love you guys. Glad that Mike is feeling better. Bill DeVore in Florida. Uh, Bill, I'm glad that you're with us today. Uh, Bill texted me this week some prayer requests. We're praying for your family in Florida. Bill, Mary Tomlinson in New Brunswick, Canada. Oh, Canada. Glad you're with us, Mary. Uh, Rochelle and Alex Amstutz in Florida. Uh, and then we have all kinds of people that are on spring break, uh, enjoying the beach, enjoying some warm weather. Uh, but wherever you're at today, we are so glad that you are joining us online. I believe God's Word is going to do something special today. Storyside, would you welcome all those joining us online? Let them know how great it is to have them today. I want to give you an update on Heart for the House. Uh, this week, we've had continued giving coming in. I, th I think this week was around 10,000 additional dollars came in this week. Several people in the tours uh, dropped off uh, substantial gifts as well. And so we are well over $70,000 that's come in for Heart for the House, which is fantastic. And so I've, I've shared before the lighting, $37,000, the playscape, $60,000, looked at other things. We need some uh, key things for the student area, uh, whether that's furniture, signage, different things. And so those of you that maybe wasn't here for our heart for the house, or you've been still processing when you can give, I just want to thank you. Every little bit matters. Uh, I think little Hudson is on his second or third piggy bank, no joke. Uh, when he has come, he's asked for more piggy banks, and so let's go, Hudson. Uh, we're going to get there, uh, and so thank you for your giving. Uh, whether or not it's, it's a child or a business owner, uh, we often say it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice, and so whatever sacrifice looks like to you, uh, thank you for your giving, and I believe you're going to see uh, some great things over the next few weeks and months happening around uh, our locations and that's because of generous people like yourselves. And so thank you, thank you for that. I just want to give a shout out. I know stage hosts and teams and social media will tell you, but I'm so excited for Easter. Uh, I don't always get the opportunity to worship together with all locations. Uh, and so when we get that opportunity, uh, I'm just really pumped about that. And so Good Friday, this Friday, all locations are coming together right here. Uh, at at uh, 541 State Route 97, we've got East Knox coming, Ontario coming, uh, and we're going to be all together for one service on Good Friday, and we've got baptisms. People are signing up like crazy for baptisms. We've got communion that night. Those of you that, that like the night of worship feel, we're going to have extended worship on Good Friday night, and I believe that it's going to be awesome in this place as we celebrate what Jesus done for you and I. Uh, and so if you want to join us on Good Friday, and then on Saturday night, we don't always have a Saturday night, but uh, for Easter, added the extra service opportunity Saturday night, and of course on Sunday morning, I am doing an illustrated message that I've entitled Everyone, and so you're going to see props from one side of the stage 
to the other. I've been working on it for a couple of months and I can't wait to share it with you. Uh, this, the subject of, of the sermon is just entitled Everyone. And so I want to encourage you, I'm asking you, uh, if you would just take some time even this week to invite someone. Uh, statistics say that when you get an invite from a trusted friend, it makes all the difference. And so uh, maybe just your text, your call, your social media posts would make a big difference for someone to join us on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And so I want to thank you for that. I want to pray today over what I'm going to share in the next 20 or 30 minutes. And, you know, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, uh, over these next few days, you know, Jesus comes in the natural. They're wanting him to set up rulership and, and all of those things here on earth. Jesus, of course, is telling them there's eternal consequence to this. This is not just a generation or an era or, or time here. He's telling them so much bigger than that. I, this has eternal consequence. And so as we celebrate Palm Sunday and what takes place in the progression of Jesus going to that cross and, thank God, resurrecting, um, there was eternal consequence in all of that. I believe the message I'm going to share today has eternal consequence. I believe the message I'm sharing today could affect eternity for someone. And so I want to pray that whoever the person might be in the room on site or online, that you would be able to block out all distractions. And if your eternity was being impacted by this message, that you would be able to say, God, help me to focus, help me to hear. You know, the Bible says that it's important to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I'm really praying that you will hear today what God's Word is saying to you. And as we do often, I want to pray for all the churches in our local region as well. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for those on site and those online. Thank you for every church in the area. I think there's about 250 churches in our immediate area. Of course, now that we're in other um, counties, that number increases. But I pray that you would bless every one of them. Some of them are going to be meeting in living rooms, others uh, meeting in gathering spaces and places, some in churches that are maybe even hundreds of years old. And of course, we have church plants and startups wherever they're at, whether they're sitting in a chair or whether or not they're sitting in a pew. For some people, they're singing lyrics of songs off of a wall and other people are singing them out of a book. But regardless of what you're using today, I thank you the Holy Spirit, the Holy Word can show up in all those places. You can do something spectacular today. Someone's life can be changed forever. And I'm asking you to do it here at StorySide. Do something that changes someone's life forever today. And I promise, I promise you, I will give you all the glory. We know that it's your kingdom, your power, and your glory. And so whether it's celebrating 18 years, a heart for the house, or someone who's getting baptized, or almost 30 babies getting dedicated today, we just give you glory for good things you're doing. Good. I know there's a lot of negative in the world, but you are doing some great things in the kingdom of God, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. There's no name like the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I'm so glad that you are with us today. I want to talk to you. We're, we're in our living in denial finale, and I want you to be thinking as we're talking about living in denial, I want you to have this word in your mind. I want to talk to you about fighting. I want to talk to you about fighting. Everyone say fighting. There's a lot of things that could come to mind when I say, when I say fighting. I have collected memorabilia for years, and so I have 
you know, autographs on all kinds of sports jer jerseys and golf balls and uh, baseball stuff and football. And, you know, I have so, so much memorabilia that from a child uh, I've collected every opportunity I've had to talk to people, meet people, interview people. And so, you know, of course, I joked with my wife. She's not really, I'm a hockey fan, born and raised in Canada. My wife's not really into hockey near as much as me, but she does like the the fighting. I've told her for years, I'm like, babe, it's the only time in the game you pay attention. Uh, like if they want to rough it up, she's like, what's going on? Uh, you know, I, growing up boxing, whether or not it was, you know, Tyson biting off an ear or, you know, some of those other fights growing up, you know, I, I would, I would watch uh, boxing. And so I have some boxing memorabilia. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to interview uh, so I, I've met him several times. Angel, uh, her family's friends with a boxer who was a champion at one point, used to fight some on Tuesday night fights and Friday night fights back when they used to fight on those nights. Uh, and so her family, uh, this boxer introduced us years back to James Buster Douglas. And so we've had the opportunity several times to to be around him and and things. And so a couple of years ago, I interviewed him. I, I have the interview on my phone. I'm guessing it's maybe 12 or 15 minutes, but just a one-on-one -on -one interview with Buster Douglas, and, and, he, and he signed us here to Michael, all the, uh, all the best, James Buster Douglas, uh, love and peace. And, and this is one of, one of the pieces uh, that I will think of often when uh, I see it, I, the interview, Buster Douglas shares about his mom dying. You know, when, when I was talking to him, he's talking about his mom dying, and no, no one wanted to take the fight. The odds, 42 to one, and the odds were so crazy, no one really wanted to take the fight, and underestimating uh, Buster Douglas, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here it comes. Uh, and so I, I often think of maybe, maybe fighting, I would think of things like, like boxing. Some people in the room, when, when I say, you know, fighting, you could immediately think of a name. You could think of a name on your job, a neighbor, so you could immediately think of like, wow, they really get under my skin. On the count of three, just say their name. Whoever the person, uh, well, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, Pastor Micah, they're sitting right beside me. Uh, maybe some of you would say, maybe some of you would say, when I think of fighting, I think of my ex. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Uh, may, maybe other people, it's not even a name. It's not a sport. May, maybe you would think of fighting fear. Fighting fear. Pastor Micah, I have to fight fear in my life. Other, other people, even currently, you could be fighting health concerns. For some, we've talked about fighting carelessness, how even in the last days, the Bible would talk about how people could get lax or lackadaisical or lukewarm and how you have to fight carelessness. You know, when, when you think of fighting, a lot of times people will say that the familiarity of family, just because you're in such close proximity all the time, that, and, and some people, I understand you try to use like spiritual words, like it's righteous indignation. And you know, over the years of pastoring, people tell me, it's not an argument, we're not arguing. We're, and they'll like throw some like King James Version kind of explanation of, of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Speaking of fighting or whatever you call it with family, I, I heard the joke uh, about the family that had a huge fight. I mean, yelling, screaming, all kinds of chaos and craziness. And they say that allegedly it started uh, when the son introduced his girlfriend to the whole family. 
And the granny spoke up and said, see what happens when you don't pray? <laughs> you know, some people would fight over food. I won't get into it, but, but I've shared before about just, just what could take place in our household trying to figure out where we want to eat. Half the time it can result in me saying, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. Like if we cannot get six people on the same page, I want to go home. Other people, you could fight about noise levels. Like why do you have the TV on 37? I watch it on 9. We don't need it on 37. And, and some people could disagree or argue about things just like that. Maybe, maybe it's lights left on or chores or, you know, I, over the years, 31 years of ministry now, and I've done several hundred weddings and you know, probably more marriage counseling and, and meetings and, that I could even think of, but people that will cry and emotions be stirred over something that on, on the outside looking in, you're thinking that's not a reason, you know, to separate or to have the division or, but to them, when you're caught up in the moment, you can get really passionate about some things when it comes to your family uh, you know, for our house, you would, you would probably be shocked at the times frustration could set in in our house just over chargers and clothes. <laughs> chargers and clothes. That my girls, my girls feel like anything that's angels, that's my wife, anything that's angels is theirs. Um, my wife will come in tons of nights and my little guys, Ellie and Micaiah, have taken her charger and I can just hear her make her rounds in the house. Where's my charger? And he, you know, usually it's Micaiah that has it somewhere charging something. Um, but but it, could, it could be frustration that builds over something like that. Those of you that are married, maybe you would tell me, Pastor Micah, when he does or when she does it, you know, it just, it, it can fire me up. I heard a comedian say once that, I heard a comedian say that marriage and prison are the two easiest places to get in a fight. <laughs> That's not funny. Maybe when I say fighting, you would think of in-laws. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I just spent the last two days with my in-laws. And I don't think that, but maybe, maybe you. Let's <laughs> clarify here. Uh, every time I think of in-laws, I'm always reminded of the joke of, of if, if your mother-in-law and your attorney are drowning and you can only pick one, are you going to dinner or a movie? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, that's not funny. But speaking of in-laws, I, I heard the joke about the employee that, that asked his boss, can I have the day off to go see my mother-in-law? And the boss said, absolutely not. And the employee said, thank you, sir, I knew you'd understand. Um, <laughs> but when you think about, when you think about fighting, Maybe, maybe you do think, not everyone, but maybe some of you do think about family. Over the years, you would be shocked at how many times I have met with family that would tell me, they, they almost dread some of the Thanksgivings and Christmases or family reunions or whatever, especially if there's times where like a will uh, becomes involved or an inheritance or monies or something like that. And people will, will start to say, I cared more for them, and you know, I took my time, and I deserved, and why is there things unfair? And you know, over the years, once you pastor for a while, it's, it's amazing sometimes how families can just have like wedges and different things that try to separate and divide, divide family. You know, I, 
I don't want to talk to you about those things today so much. I, I just want your mind to be thinking about maybe fighting in your life, what you fight about kind of things. When, when you look just at your life, I would submit to you that I think your whole life is an element of fighting. I think your whole life is an element of fighting. That if you went back all the way to, to when you were in the womb, so we would believe that life begins in the womb, when you go back all the way to just the womb and that baby is kicking in the womb or fighting in the womb a little bit, I think from that point forward, there's an element of fighting in our lives. And so, you know, the mom, on the other hand, they could be having morning sickness. They, they could go into labor or delivery. We were, you know, at my in-laws this, these last couple of days seeing our new niece uh, who is absolutely beautiful and just hearing the stories of Audrey and the labor and delivery and what that entailed. And, and we may not use the word fighting, but there is, you know, when you look at the definition of fighting, it means to wrestle or, or to struggle. I think when a baby is born, they're going to fight for strength and stability, whether it's the head up, the balance, the walking. I think as we begin to get older, uh, you know, all of us, we want to fight for our rights. You got to fight. Uh, I just want to know who I'm praying for today. Uh, sounds like it's the whole church. <laughs> But people that, that want to, you know, to fight for, you know, young kids, you could be three, four, five, and you're already saying things like this. This is mine, right? My toy. This is mine. And what you don't realize is, is a lot of us will spend our entire life fighting for mine, my way, my money. You could be 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and you're still, I'm not giving that to God. I'm not giving him my time. I'm not giving him my talent. I'm not giving him my treasure. He's not taking my money. It's mine. And so for our whole life we could spend fighting. People will fight uh, for their position or their voice or grades or of course even in sports and you're encouraged to fight for that spot or that place or space. People will fight for identity and purpose and community. Other people will fight for their future and job and career. And some people will fight for their purpose. Believe it or not, some people, when they get 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, the enemy can start lying to their mind, telling them, I've already done that. I've already jumped through those hoops. I've already. And sometimes as people get up in years, they have to continue to fight for God still has a purpose for my life. God still wants to use me, and they'll have to fight for that. Other people, they'll fight through grief. And then I've met some people in my 30-plus years that'll say, Pastor Mike, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting. Some of these things on the list that you're saying, I'm just, I'm so tired of fighting. Let me ask you a question in our time together today. I would like you to ask it personally to yourself. What do I have? What do I have that the devil wants. What do I have? Think about it today. What do I have that the devil wants? Maybe you could ask yourself this question. What? So I've given you just a few examples of fighting, but, but what should I be fighting for? What should I be fighting for? Because you realize, right? You realize that you could fight over the wrong things. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says that you could actually get caught in fights where you're just swinging at the air. 
That's what the Bible says. You, you would just be swinging at the air. In, in other words, you could spend all of your efforts and all of your energy fighting the wrong fights. So it's really important that you think about what should I, what should I be fighting for? Maybe a good question for all of us, who? Don't just make it about something, make it about someone. Who should I be fighting for? Who should I be fighting for? And I think, I think a question that every one of us should ask, ask ourselves because you, you, could, you could be a teenager thinking, I'm just tired of fighting. Pastor Micah, the dysfunction in my home, the craziness, you know, and I'm just so tired of fighting to stay pure and stay right. And, you know, I'm 17, 18, 19. Everyone's doing that. Everyone's going there. Everyone. And Pastor Mike, I'm just tired of fighting to keep my purity. I'm just tired of fighting. To, maybe you're a college student and just with everything even going on the last year to you, like, I'm so tired of fighting. Maybe you're tired of fighting in your marriage. Maybe some of you, you know there's a call of God on your life. You know there's a purpose and a plan for your life. But you've attempted, you've tried, whatever, and it's like, you know what? I've done it three times, four times, five times. I'm just so tired of fighting. I think this question, I think this question is a question every one of us should ask. Even if you're the one that's up in years, it's like, you know what? There's no way God's going to use me at 67. There's no way. Maybe you're in that chair today. Maybe you're listening to this message right now, and you need to be honest with God with this question. Have I lost my fight. Have I lost my fight? Was there a fight in there at one point or another that you were so willing to say there's nothing and no one that could hold me back? But if you were honest today, you are so ready to tap out because you're like, I'm just tired of fighting. As we think about these questions, I want to read to you today out of Jude chapter number one. Jude chapter number one. I want to read a little bit more scripture than I normally do, but just follow the progression of the passage with me, if you will, today. This letter is from Jude, a brother of James. He said, I'm a servant owned by Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you, I've been chosen by God the Father, you are kept for Jesus. May you have much of God's loving kindness and peace and love. Dear friends, I have been trying to write to you about what God did for us when he saved us from the punishment of sin. Now... I must write to you and tell you to fight hard for the faith which was once and for all given to the holy people of God. Now I want you to think about just what we've read already. The King James Version says that he's telling them you need to earnestly contend. The Orthodox Jewish Bible said that I give you an urgent appeal to fight. I give you an urgent appeal to fight. Verse uh, 4, some sinful men have come into your church without anyone knowing it. They are living in sin, and they speak of the loving favor of God. Why? To cover up their sins. They have turned against our only leader and Lord Jesus Christ. Long ago it was written that these people would die in their sins. The King James Version, we're talking about living in denial. The King James Version will actually say in that verse, they deny, they deny, they deny. It uses the word deny. They deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8, in the same way, these men go on dreaming and sinning against their bodies. They respect no leaders. They speak bad against those who live in the heavens. Verse 16, these men complain and are never happy with anything. 
They let their desires lead them into sin. When they talk about themselves, they make it sound as if they're great people. They show respect to people only to get something out of them. Dear friends, dear friends, you must remember the words spoken by the missionaries of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said, in the last days there will be men who will laugh at the truth and will be led by their own sinful desires. King James Version says they're going to mock. Verse 19, they are men who will make trouble by dividing people into groups against each other. Their minds are on the things of the world because they do not have the Holy Spirit. Dear friends, you must become strong in your most holy faith. Let the Holy Spirit lead you as you pray. Verse number 21, keep yourselves in the love of God Wait for life that lasts forever through the loving kindness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have loving kindness for those who doubt. Verse 23, final two verses. Save some by pulling them, them, them. Everyone say them. Save some by pulling them out of the fire. Have loving kindness for others, but also fear them. What a unique verse. Save, help, but, but, but also fear them. Be afraid of being led into doing their sins, and even the clothes that have touched sinful bodies. There is one, final verse, verse 24, there is one who can keep you from falling and can bring you before himself free from all sin. He can give you great joy as you stand before him in his shining greatness. When you read these verses of Scripture, you will see different verbiage and vocabulary used in those first few verses, but basically to sum it up for you, it says this, I wanted to, but instead. It'll say things like that. I, w I wanted to write to you about salvation, but instead. In other words, I, I wanted us to like celebrate, wanted us to celebrate life change, fresh starts, new beginnings. How many of you are excited when one repents, all of heaven rejoices? Come, he said, I wanted to write to you about that, but instead. Instead, I needed to write to you and tell you about some things that you're not even aware of, that some people have slipped in and you don't even know. I would submit to you today that instead kind of moments really matter in your life. Well, when I say that there could be eternal consequence at stake, what I mean is that, that, that sometimes things could be taking place in your life and you don't even see it happening. And Jude tells them, this instead moment is really necessary. He's going to write a letter that's going to be put in the number one selling book of all time. It's called the Holy Bible. And he said, my letter, my writing, my pen to parchment, what I wanted to say, oh, I feel like God's telling me I need to say something else. I wanted to write to you, but instead. There are so many times, even as a pastor, that I could want to preach something, probably even this weekend, <laughs> but instead. I've, I've, I've wanted to have meetings and say one thing, but, but I knew that as a pastor, I had to say something instead 
in my own life, I, I, would, I, would love, I would love if every interaction with my pastor, Kevin Gerald, I would love if every interaction with my pastor, I would love with every interaction over the years with our counselor, Angel and I, and our family's counselor, I would love if every interaction, even growing up with my parents, would have always been, I want to write to you about salvation. I want to tell you what a great kid you are. I want to tell you what a great person you are. I want to tell you what a great husband and dad. But, but I would submit to you today that what helps you and I grow is not always when people tell us how good we are, but sometimes it's really important that we hear instead, instead. I think this is the moment where all of us have to realize that life is not always about what we want, but it's also about what we need. It's not just what we want, it's what we need. You say, well, I want ice cream, I want pie, I want cheesecake, I want muffins, I want... But I think everyone would agree you can't just live your life with what you want. I want to eat pizza every day, Pastor Mike. I want to, I don't know what it is that you want, but, but it's really important that you get some water in your system <laughs> because it's not just what you want. Like, I just want milkshakes, and I just want sweet tea, and I just want a Coke, and I just, but what do you need? Not everyone wants to go to the gym. Not everyone wants to drink water. Not everyone wants to forgive. Not everyone wants to give. Not everyone. But, but sometimes we need a Jude in our life that tells us, I'm writing to you not solely about what you want. I'm writing to you because this is what you need. Here's a few things that he tells them. He says there's sinful, sinful people in your circle. Jude's like, you need to know that. The sinful people got close to you. He says in verse number eight that they don't listen to leaders. Or in other words, he said, I want you to know they're lacking leadership in their life. And you need to know that. He tells them again, I know we read a lot of verses. I'm just summing it up for you. He said they talk negative. They're negative. Negativity could show up on, on, on your job. It can show up in school. It can show up on a team. It can show up in a lunchroom or a locker room. It could show up in a life group at church. It can show up in a lobby. It can show up, and, and Jude says, I just want you to know. I wanted to write to you, but instead, I need to tell you there's negativity that's closer to you than what you realize. He t- tells them, uh, I need to tell you that there's men that are mocking and laughing at truth. Truth. Not maybe, might, possibly, truth. And they're laughing at it. He said, you need to know that the division, the desires, the divisiveness, you need to know that it's rooted in sinfulness. And verse 23, he said, you need to know that you need to use wisdom that you don't get drawn into doing the same thing. I've heard it said before that sin will take you farther than you ever expected to go. It will keep you longer than you ever intended to stay. And it will cost you more than you ever expected 
to pay. Andrew Murray put it this way, one great power of sin is that it blinds men so that they do not recognize its true character. What I want you to notice about Jude's letter is that Jude tells them, people have slipped into your circle and you don't know it. Right? It's one, it's one thing if the people in your circle and you're like, you know, they went here and they said that and they done and you're aware. That's one thing. But Jude said, I want you to know that there's people in your circle and you're unaware of it. And I wanted to write and tell you how great salvation was and how good God's goodness was. But, but instead, I need to tell you, I think a question we could all ask ourselves even today on Palm Sunday, what do I need to hear right now? What do I need to hear right now? Now, I know we're reading Jude's letter, but, but to take these scriptures and apply them in our lives right now, what do I need to hear? Not, well, not what do I want to hear. Not what do, what do I need to hear? Does the Holy Spirit need to speak to me about my offense? Does the Holy Spirit need to speak to me about my bitterness? Does the Holy Spirit need to talk to me about my anger or my ego or my pride? Does the Holy Spirit need to talk to me about my agenda or what do I need to hear right now? You know, every church in Revelation, it wasn't so much even the correction or direction, but, but it was simply over and over, church to church, it was if they would only hear what the Spirit was saying to the church. It's one thing for it to be said, but the real question is, can we hear it? Who are the godless people in your group? Who are the godless people in your group that are unrestrained and unrestricted? You say, Pastor Mike, I, I don't know if I have anyone in my circle that says unrestrained and unrestricted. No one comes up to me on my job and like, hey man, what's going on? Let's live unrestrained and unrestricted. <laughs> Maybe they don't say that. But let me give you a few examples of what they could say. They could tell you things like there's no absolutes. They could tell you whether it's college or university or the educational world or you could be ha having a drink with your buddy. They may tell you there's no absolutes and in 2021 there's, there, there is no black and white. No black and white in the family. There's no black and white with, with gender. There's no black and white with, with, there's no black and white no more any Micah. We live in a gray world. People will say that. Maybe they'll say things like this, God won't really care. Everyone's doing it. God won't really care. Or, or, or this is a big one. I hear this all the time. Don't judge me. How, how many's ever heard that? Don't judge me. Well, all of us at one point are going to get judged. Right? When, when, when you hear those types of things, Jude, Jude is telling them, you have to be careful about people in your circle that come in and they talk about the loving kindness of God and they talk about the grace of God. It's not my words, it's Jude's. He said, they're only saying that to cover up their sin. You say, Pastor Micah, 
Preaching like this is probably not going to get people coming back from COVID, and it's probably not going to pay for a children's expansion, and it's probably not going to cover expenses and budgets on all these locations, but I would hope that it will help get us to heaven. And so sometimes in our lives, sometimes in our lives, we have to be reminded, myself included, that Christianity is not always about what we want, it's about what we need. And thank God for people like Jude. Some, some guys could have just kept writing. They could have got to verse 2, I wanted to write to you, and they just kept writing. But thank God for people like Jude who would care enough for these individuals to say, instead, 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 I'm not trying to get you in verse 3 and 4 and 5 and 6. I'm not trying to get you just to agree with me. I'm trying to get you in spiritual health. You know, one thing when, when we talk about these verses of Scripture and, and you think about how, and may, maybe it's been you and I before, that we could justify it. You know, sometimes... You, you have the love of God, but then we have these other issues in our life. And sometimes we'll even tell ourselves, God knows my heart. Have you ever heard that before? God, maybe you've said it. Maybe, like, God knows my heart. God knows my heart. When, when we talk about this subject, and, and I feel like we could talk for an hour or two, and I only have a few minutes left, but here's one thing that I think all of us, myself included, have to be careful about is not to misinterpret his anointing for his approval. This is really important because when we say the name of Jesus, the Bible says even, even the devils believe in Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. His anointing could show up. When people begin to sing praise and he inhabits those praise, his anointing could show up. Well, in the moments of his anointing, we could go and get back in our car, back in our truck, back in our vehicle and think that his anointing meant his approval. And it can actually be almost a little bit confusing for people because you sense his presence and, you, and so you think God must be okay with it. But his anointing is not the end all. His anointing shows up to break the yoke. His anointing was there to destroy the yoke. So if you just feel his anointing and you're like, you know, God must be okay with whatever, you know, me living together, or looking at porn, or having anger issues, or my pride, God just must be okay with it. No, his anointing was there to say, now let me do spiritual surgery on you. Now let me challenge you to be the best man, the best woman you could be. How in the world, and I'm not saying this is the case, but how in the world could people stand before him, which the Bible says, and they could say, we prophesied in your name, we done marvelous works in your name, all of these amazing things happen, and he says, but I don't know you. I think it possibly, possibly, I think it could be because people confused his anointing for his approval. When you look at this passage of scripture here in the final few minutes, he said these people are talking about the loving kindness of God. They're talking about the grace of God. But they're trying to cover up their sin. And then he says this. He doesn't say they denied the salvation of God. doesn't say they, they denied 
the grace of God. It says they denied the lordship of God. I've shared before that all of us, we can all love the element, and it's Palm Sunday, we're going into Easter, we can fall in love with the Savior side of God. How many of you are thankful for a God that'll take your sin, put it in the sea of forgetfulness? Aren't you thankful? He wipes the slate clean, and all of us, every one of us should be thankful for the saving, saving side of God. But I think if we were honest today, where we struggle is with the lordship of God. For him to be the Lord of your life, for him to have a say over what you do with your time, what you do with your money, what you do with... For, like, Micah, go back to talking about the Savior side of God. I would submit to you this morning that most of us will never have an issue with the love of God our issues will be with the lordship and the leadership of God. I've said it before. I've said it before that one thing I've learned over the years is that people will call me PM or they'll call me Pastor Micah or, or whatever they would call me, but, but most people don't want a pastor. They actually want a preacher. Just one thing I've learned over the years, what they want is a preacher. Great message today, great sermon, great. I mean, you probably won't maybe not say it today, but I'm saying on some of the other ones, on some of the other ones, people will say it. <laughs> Getting ready to close, but you, you don't have to come up now and be like, oh, it's good. Just to, I'm good. I'm good. I felt, I felt so challenged the last few weeks to share this message. And there is a great confidence that comes when you know someone needs to hear this. Someone that I prayed for you this morning. I don't even know who all the people are, but I prayed for you this morning. This has eternal consequence for someone. They don't always want a pastor. They want a preacher. So when a pastor, even my pastor, you know, my pastor has had such direct conversations with me over the years. You know, we still joke about, you know, 10 or 11 years ago, he's telling me, you need to talk about giving more. And, you know, you're too familiar with staff. And this is like 10 years ago. He's telling me all these different things. I'll never forget leaving that conversation. I called Angel. I'm like, I'm changing my flight. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Like Pastor Kevin was so direct with me and I'm, I'm coming home. And I didn't. And we joke about it now. I'm glad I stayed. My flight was leaving like three days later. I'm glad I stayed. Because when I looked 10 years back and we're a couple hundred people and he was right. But we don't always want a pastor in our life. We don't always want Pastor Kevin moments. We don't always want someone saying, Micah, you need to do this and you shouldn't do that. Every one of us sometimes can say, just preach to me. Just preach to me. But don't pastor me. As we get ready to close today, he tells them, I need you to fight for your faith. That's what he tells them. Instead, 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 I had to write to you and tell you, fight for your faith. You're like, but I want to fight for my rights. I want to fight for me. I want to fight. And he said, no, you need to fight for your faith. It's no wonder that Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I fought a good fight, fight, fight. I finished the race, and I'm glad to say that I kept faith. When you think of some things, when I asked you earlier, what, what should you be fighting for? Who should you be fighting for? I think every one of us should fight, fight for our faith. 
The Bible says when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I think we should fight for our family. Everyone say family. Rob, when you think about your kids, I think you should fight for your family. Cindy, when you think about your kids, I think you should fight for your family. Joe, when you think about your kids, I think you should fight for your family. So, so our faith, every one of us will give account for God. I'm not going to stand there and be like, well, he and she. and I'm going to have to give account for my life. But, but, but in that next ripple out, that next layer out, Judge McKinley, I think every one of us should commit even right now, I'm going to keep fighting for my family. You say, Pastor Mike, I'm tired of fighting. I'm the one. When you said tired of fighting, I'm the one tired of fighting. I hope that God has dealt with me the last couple of weeks to challenge you. Stir your fight up again. Some of you need to fight for your family. You need to fight for your marriage, fight for your brother to get saved, fight for your aunt and uncle. Some of you need to go back to fighting again. This is not the time in 2021 to shrink back or sit back. I need someone to start fighting on Palm Sunday 2021. The church isn't falling apart. Your family isn't falling apart. We are going to fight. You can stay standing with me. Nehemiah 4.14, Nehemiah said, and I looked around and arose and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for you. I want you to think about your family right now as I'm reading this. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Some of you need to start fighting again. You say, I haven't talked to my cousin. We had a falling out five years ago. I haven't talked to my sister. I haven't talked to, I pray in the Holy Spirit today. And I know you could tell me the facts. I'm just saying, for me, I want someone to fight. You say, but you don't know my boy. You don't know my son. I pray in God's presence today, he would just stir up a spirit to keep fighting. I want to fight for the church. The church. As much as I'm thankful for property we've been given in the last year or two, I'm, I'm actually also sad. I'm sad. I've been offered churches just in the last few months. Fredericktown, Alliance, Canton, Elyria. So, so for the couple I've taken, there's been others I've said no to, but I get sad when I hear about it. I talked to one organization, said this year they're shutting down 700. I'm reminded of the story of the little boy that's like picking up the starfish, throwing him in the ocean. And, and the dad kept like ahead of him saying, come on, let's go. He's 40, 50, 60 feet behind. The dad's like, come on, let's go. The boy's throwing the starfish in the water. Finally, the dad turns around frustrated and tells his little boy, let's go. You're not going to save all this, those starfish. Little boy looked up at his dad and he's like, I'll save this one. You say, Pastor Mike, the story side can't save all the churches worldwide, but we'll save this one. I want to challenge someone today. Let's fight for the church. There's no place like the church. 
We need kids ministry. We need student ministry. We need community. We need ministry moments. We need altar time. We need worship. We need the word. We need the church. I want to fight for God's word in the church. God's word. It's not an outdated book. It didn't work back when and won't work now in 2021. Yes, it will. We need to fight for God's word. We need to fight for the Holy Spirit. I have never been more passionate about the Holy Spirit in my life and in StorySide than right now. I know it may seem like something no one wants to talk about, but I'm telling you as your pastor, I want the Holy Spirit to work through every room and every row. I want the Holy Spirit in our church. I want to fight for God's presence. I want to fight for revival. I want to fight for revival. I know it's a word I don't even use personally a lot anymore, but I want to fight for revival. Revival. I want to believe that miracles and signs and wonders are going to follow those that believe. I want to fight for revival. Revival that will show up on a sidewalk. Revival that will show up in a school. Revival that will sweep through a college. I want to fight for revival. We get ready to pray today. Those final few verses, he said, saving, saving some, reaching into the fire. Come on, starfish. Saving some. He uses the word them. Everyone say them. Them. I want to fight for them. I want to fight for them. I don't know who them is. There's 300 and some thousand people in a 30 mile radius of this building. They say, I don't know who them is, but I know, I know there's some single parent out there right now that needs me to fight for them. They're tired of fighting and I wanna promise someone, I don't even know who's coming on Easter Sunday. I don't know who's coming next month, but I wanna commit to you, there's a church on 541 State Route 97 that's fighting for you. I want to fight for the addict. I want to fight for that person who feels like I have tried and tried and tried to break this addiction and we're fighting for you. I don't know who the sum is. I don't know who the sum is that we're going to reach into the fire here, college student. I, I, don't, I don't know who that son or daughter is. I don't know who they are. But I want to commit that we're going to fight for them. Then the final verse that we read, Adam, the final verse that we read, he said, now unto him that's able to keep you, you, I don't want to just fight for them. I want to be a church that fights for you, for you. When you feel like you're falling away, when you feel like I just don't have any more strength left, I hope that we're always a church that fights for you. On this Palm Sunday, this Palm Sunday, the reason we're even here, Matt, is because Jesus Christ went to a garden 
He didn't use the words of Jude, but sort of. Jude said, I wanted to write to you, but instead, 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 Jesus went to a garden and he said, is there any way this cup could pass? Can can I write verse one and two? Can Can I just write? But he doesn't say instead, he uses the word nevertheless. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I want. I, my flesh, I, I, is there any way the cup could pass? But in that garden, Jesus didn't commit to what he wanted. He committed to what was needed. And what was needed was for him to hang on a cross for you and I so that we could be saved. Thank God that Jesus didn't just do what he wanted. But we're here today because he did what was needed. Not only do I want to be a church that's fighting for you, I believe ultimately you have a God that's fighting for you. Would you close your eyes and we pray together today. At 16 minutes after 10. Maybe there's someone on site or online that you would say, Pastor Mike, I I don't want to die in my sins. We're all born in sin. Hear me, this is really important. We're all born in sin, but we don't have to die in our sin. Tracking with me? We're all born in sin, but you don't have to die in your sin. He can save you. He can forgive you. And on site or online, if you want Jesus to forgive you today, if you're ready to say, God, I I want you to save me and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Ready to give you all the pieces, all the brokenness. Here it is, God. I want to turn from my sin. I want to follow you. I believe that right now in this moment, now 1017, I believe in this moment God will save you. If you want me to pray with you right now, you don't have to understand everything about God to give your life to God. But if you just want to raise a hand right now, I want to pray with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Right over here. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am, right here. Those online, if you want to join those in the room that's saying, I, I want to give my life to God for the first time, maybe others, you want to recommit your life. God, I pray over every person right now that's saying, I don't want to die in my sin. Save me today, God. Save me. The Bible would use the word repent. It just means that you turn. You turn. You want to turn your life over to Him. You want to turn your life around. You want to follow Jesus. He hears your prayer right now. Your heart could be talking to Him. Your mouth could be mumbling out those words, and I promise you, he hears you right now. Save me, Jesus. For others today, you could be thinking when I ask questions like, what are you fighting for? Who are you fighting for? Maybe God's word is challenging you that you want to fight the right fight. You want to fight the right fight. Someone's coming to your mind right now or something's coming to your mind and you're just saying, God, help me to stay on track. Don't don't let me get sidetracked. Don't let me get off track. Help me to keep fighting the right fight. Help me to fight for my faith. Help me to fight for my family. Help me to fight for my future. 
But if God's word's been speaking to you and you just want to raise a hand, if you know exactly what you're fighting for today, you say, Pastor Mike, I'm fighting for my faith or I'm fighting for my son or daughter, whatever comes to mind, would you raise your hand right now? Just as an acknowledgement that you hear what God is speaking. Remember we said that earlier, it's not just what's said, it's if you're hearing it. Hands are going up all over the room. Just your way of telling God, I hear you today. I hear you today, God. God, I pray for a fight, the right fight, to come to people today. That they would fight the good fight. That they would fight the fight for faith. That they would fight for their souls. Those eternal consequences, them, their family, their future. That we would be a church that fights. That we would fight for God's word. We would fight for his spirit. We would fight for his presence. We would fight for life change. God, we declare today, this is how we fight our battles. We don't fight it through Facebook. We don't fight it through social media. We don't fight with the weapons of our warfare. We fight it in your presence. We fight it in your presence, God. I thank you for strengthening people today, encouraging people today. I see some even wiping tears in the room. I thank you for touching hearts today. Thank you for touching hearts today, Jesus. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name.